I'll show her. I'll show her. I mean, I didn't even know what misogynist meant. I'm so proud. I just, I knew you could do something. You're so talented and so on. <laughs> I don't remember any of it. Oh, honey, I love you. I miss you. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. But every good thing I've gotten in comedy is because some other comic has given me a hand up. Comedians are broken but interesting people. The laugh isn't even the best moment. He's so handsome. Hello and welcome to In the Springs, episode number 73. I'm your host, Ryan Lowry. Thank you for tuning in. On today's show, I sit down with Florida-based stand-up comedian John Charles. This episode was recorded on November 12th at the legendary Looney's Comedy Corner right here in Colorado Springs. Without further ado, please sit back and enjoy because stand-up comedian John Charles is In the Springs. Yeah, you tell me. All right. <laughs> it sounds like I'm talking in my own head, which is weird. So, I mean, like, does it sound all right? No, it really kind of freaks me out. But that's... We'll, we'll edit that's all not, that out. That's man. not the point. <laughs> all right. So, I've got uh, John Charles in the Springs, man. Now, based, uh, you're here at Looney's this week with uh, your buddy, Ron Feingold. Yes, in the Springs. And uh, based on the reception you got when you walked in the door, this is not your first time here. No, no. This is uh, my third time through. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, and I travel with Ron a lot, even though he did not know I was going to be here this week. Nice. Oh, that's a very cool <laughs> yeah. surprise. Now, home for you is down in Florida? Yep. Is that where you're from originally? Uh, I've been there 35 years. I've been there. I mean, I was. no one's from Florida. No one's born in Florida. You know, everybody goes to Florida, you know. Um, so I was from Indiana, but I'm a Florida boy. Gotcha. Now, what yeah. brought you down there? Uh, my mom okay. and, you know, my dad and, you know, one of them only went down there and <laughs> one of them stayed in Indiana. Gotcha. You know. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so now, John, as far as your, uh, your comedy background, I tried to do a little digging online and you're pretty elusive as far yes. as, uh, any details out there. So kind of yes. fill me in on when you got started with stand up and how long you've been at it and all that kind of stuff. Um, I've been at it 11 years. I... I didn't, I'm 45, I didn't start till I was 34, which is unusual. You know, a lot of my buddies were all, we all started together, we were 19, 20, 21, um, but I didn't start till 34. And uh, I love getting the question, why did you start comedy? Because the answer honestly is, I'll show her. I'll show her. <laughs> we were together for like four years. <clears throat> I supported her through the five jobs she had in four years as just being a stoner bartender and, and eventually some rich-er guy, which wasn't hard to be. Pretty much like, you know, you own a home, you're richer than right. me. Uh, but <laughs> pretty much a, a rich guy comes along and convinces her I'm just going to be a stoner bartender all my life. And... Uh, so uh, after six months of self-destructive behavior and, uh, you know, getting arrested and, and slowing down, I finally said, well, you know, I'm not going to be a stoner. I can, do so I can do other stuff. I could do other stuff. And I wrote down a list of things I thought I could do besides bartending. And comedy was the only one I could try in a hotel lounge on a Tuesday night. <laughs> 20 minutes from my house. You right, know, everything right. else was like, well, I got to go back to college for this. So, right, you know, right. I got some training involved. This one's like, ah, I can just go sign up? Okay. 
and uh, and that was that. I took to it like a duck to water. Love it more than than I could ever loved her. So that's that's a plus. <laughs> so now, was that something? Was that an itch you wanted to scratch before that, or was it something floating around in your head that you wanted to give it a shot? It's 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 always something you you thought about, you know, growing up and stuff. But I also thought about you know being a professional golfer and been playing football, and, you know. You know, being an Academy Award-winning director, there's a lot of things you thought about. Gotcha. It just ended up that was the one that I suddenly, literally, could just go try on a Tuesday night. Yeah. And uh, and it's been, you know, I thank her for that, for sure. And you know, honestly, um, <laughs> the first mo- the first money I ever made from comedy was about a year and a half in. Um, I hadn't seen her in over two years. And uh, the Orlando Improv was having a, a six-month-long tournament, and you had to like uh, win a qualifier, and then everybody went on to the finals. And uh, uh, I was in the finals, and she heard through mutual friends uh, what was going on. And my act, in the, my act then was all... I mean, I didn't even know what misogynist meant. <laughs> I heard the word, but it, until it was like thrown at me a lot, and I'm like, what is this? And I look it up, and I'm like, oh, I am hateful. Fuck her. I ha- You know, whatever. I hate that bitch. And, uh, you know, I had jokes titled like whore and stuff like that, you know, like... So it was a very cathartic two years of my life, that, that first two years. But she came out and, uh, and saw me uh, in the finals of that contest, which I won. And pretty much talking about her. Now, no one else knew it was her, but everybody in the room who knew her and I right, knew right. exactly uh, what was going on. And, and after the show, we're standing out front there on Church Street. And, uh, and she's like, oh... I'm so proud. I just, I knew you could do something. You're so talented and so on. And as she walks away, she starts to cry. And I wait for her to get around the corner. And I do the biggest Tiger Woods fist pump. Like I had just sunk an 80-foot putt to win the Masters. Just, like, just the mic drop. Oh, oh. <laughs> Everything that's happened since then has been gravy. Like if I never made another dime, you know, if I never got to do it again, that I mean, I'm happy. I'm done. I'm good. Right, yeah. right. Now this is just uh, something I love to do, and <laughs> I love sleeping in dirty hotel rooms and eating gas station hot dogs and sleeping in rest stops because comedy is awesome. This is the the vocation yes. for that for sure. Yes. So. Now before that first Tuesday at the hotel, um, kind of being a fan of comedy prior to that, who were your heroes or what comedians did you kind of either look to to emulate or the, the, As the a issues ki- that they were discussing that type of thing? Well. Uh, you know, the first, you know, I'm 45, so my two first influences in the, in the 80s were uh, uh, George Carlin and Eddie Murphy. Um, you know, Eddie just because he was everywhere, at, you know, with Delirious and, and Raw and Saturday Night Live. But, uh, but it would, I really like George Carlin is my favorite. I mean, A Place for My Stuff is the best comedy CD uh, to me. I mean, it's maybe it's subjective, but uh, I knew it backwards and forwards. In eighth grade... Uh, Back in the dawn of the video camera recorder, you know, this guy came in, look at this new video camera I got. It's like 10 tons on his shoulder. And uh, in this class, we decided to make a, a news program. And I got sports. And I straight stole it from Carlin. Biff Barf here in the Sportlight Spotlight, picking him up and barfing him right back at you. I call him the way I see him. And if I don't see him, I make him up. I mean, I, I did the whole <laughs> act verbatim. So, you know, I loved Carlin back before, you know, I, I'd ever French kissed a girl, so it was, you know, it's amazing how I got distracted once that happened, and Absolutely, you know, didn't yeah. start again until I was 34 when a girl stopped French kissing me. 
<laughs> kind of came full circle. On a, that. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of having. I, don't, I wish everybody could see the look on my face right now because I really did have you that kind baffled. of. I did. I'm like, wow, that really did come all the way around there. Hmm. Well, that's that's kind of a good segue. You know, kind of starting. You know, like you said, you started when you were 34, and most of your peers were in their early 20s mm-hmm. or even late teens, for that matter. What do you think? What was the advantage for you to to starting late? I had something to talk about. I had something to say. And it was hurtful and angry and full of hate and catharsis. But, you know, they're all telling, you know, I eat pussy. You know, that's just, you know I actually had emotions and, and, and life to talk about. And they're just, you know, doing fart jokes and, and you know, uh, 20 minutes on eating pussy and whatever. Right, um, right. And I'm, I'm talking about, you know, the heart and relationships and her and, and it, it, I had something to talk about I think was the biggest advantage um, you know now granted by the time my buddies are 34 and they actually have life and stuff to talk about they'll also have 15 years of stage seasoning and they'll be great right. so you know and they'll still be 15 years younger than me which is also a plus but <laughs> so you, using your your ex as sort of that fire to get things going for you how how long did you hold on to that material? At what point did you feel like you sort of purged that demon and started to explore other parts of your life? Uh, or have you? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, totally. I totally, uh, you know, I, I, that stuff is, is long gone. Um, you know, anytime I try to, you know, pull it out and dust it off, there, there's just not the hate behind it. Yeah. There's, you know, it, it was coming from such a real place. Um, it's tough to sell now. My act is totally different. Yeah. Um, now it's all I eat pussy and fart jokes. So, no. <laughs> so, so you've matured over yeah, the years. Girl, yeah, you know, nice, you know. Nice. But but no, no. I mean, uh, I, I, when did it change? Probably sometime after that fist pump, and then sometime after that when I started dating uh, another girl. I yeah. mean, when when the heart started to heal and attitudes changed, and suddenly it's you know. It's still all about her, but it's uh, it's not as angry anymore. Now it's just you know women are taking over the world, and you know we've got to fight the power, you know. But it, it's it's still us versus them, but uh, but oh, it's so much nicer now. Yeah, yeah. Well, take me back to the uh, to the Tuesday at the hotel, the very first time on stage with a mic in your hand. I don't remember any of it. Like literally, or L- literally, you... I, I I remember the first joke that I did. Um, I don't remember doing it, but I know to this day what it was. Um, and I had a buddy there with me, and I came off stage and I said, "Did I do this one? Did I do that?" Like I didn't even remember what I had said. It was such a bl- and of course, f- it's five minutes. It goes by right. like, like that. Yeah. And uh, next thing you know, I'm done. And I mean, did you have the sense that you did well? That you no. made somebody laugh? Or- no. <laughs> So, and, and, and to be, no. you know, to be honest, I've talked to several comedians here at Looney's and that's a pretty typical answer. First time on stage, it's not a pleasant experience. And I always ask, and I'll ask you as well, what made you get back up on stage? I mean, what about that, that particular event put enough of a hook in you that's like, yeah, I'm going to do it again. Hate, hate in the drive to show her. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's really what it comes down to. It's, hate is an incredible motivator. John, I've, it's got, an I've got some major concerns about it's, you. Oh, man. look, I'm happy now. You look like such a I, sweet you, guy. You could have heard me call my girlfriend on the way in here. You, oh, honey, I love you. I miss you. I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's fine. Yeah. You know, she, yeah. But at the time, it was it was where I was at. And uh, But yeah, I, I, I did it that first Tuesday. I probably didn't come back for like three weeks. 
um, did it again, then probably didn't come back for like a month. And, and then after like that uh, fourth, fifth time, I started going every Tuesday. And then, you know, within a year, I had my own open mic. And, and we were, you know, the Orlando scene was starting to blow up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, now in Orlando, it's, you, you can get up seven nights a week. You know, if, if, if you're wanting to hustle, you can get up, you know, multiple times uh, on some nights. You yeah. know? It's not New York City, get up five nights, you know, five shows in one night. Right, but, right. Uh, but plenty of opportunities to get pl- the mic. Plenty, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so during those formative years for you, who were your mentors, like on the Orlando scene? Did they have a pretty uh, collegial vibe down there? Folks, you know, kind of sharing tips and tricks and what um, to look out for? And You know, and you hear how cutthroat it is, and to an extent it is. Um, but every good thing I've gotten in comedy is because some other comic has given me a hand up. Yeah. And I try to do the same thing and help up, you know, uh, you know, giving that first feature spot to a buddy I take on the road when I'm headlining, you know, and he gets his first paid hotel room. And, you know, it, it, I remember mine, you know, and yeah. I remember the guy that I, took me with him when I got it. And it's, it's a good feeling to pass it on. But, uh, oh, guys uh, out like Ian Gatowski, uh, he's out in L.A. now, uh, Pat Garrity. He's on the uh, Eternal uh, Road Dog guy, uh, Roy Haber, uh, a guy named Mike Allen, uh, uh, Eric Myers. I don't know if you know Eric, but he's he's blowing up in L.A. right now with, with levity and has uh, uh, got his name on the wall at the Comedy Store. Um, and then and then my pledge class, my pledge brothers. You know, I mean, that's kind of uh, yes, it was all show her, but it was also kind of uh, you know a cool place to go and hang out and drink some beers and, yeah, and yeah. tell some jokes and comedians are broken but interesting people yeah you know uh and and they they were a, a strange interesting group of people that you know um eventually we became a little family you know comedy's fraternity and you have your, your pledge brothers and then you know we're all in the fraternity together so i had my my buddies uh carmen valone and pedro lima and guys like that that we all started out together and Nice. And it's good to see, you know, which ones of us stuck with it. You know, if you, if you want to make it in comedy, here's what... N- number one, persistence. Just keep coming out. Yes, you ate a dick. You ate a giant shit sandwich on stage. You've got to come out for two shores tomorrow night, shake it off, and do it again. Yeah. And once you can do that, you know, then just stick with it. Yeah. Now, when did you feel that you were a comedian? At what point did you look in the mirror and go, John, you're... You're a comedian now. Uh, you know, I, I would I would say the first time I got paid, but it was that show at the Improv, and there was so much more than the money. But I think the first time I started booking gigs, when you start, you know, booking paid shows, um, you know, that's when you really feel like, you know, I can say I'm a comic. I, mean, I still didn't run around saying, what's your job? I'm a comic. Um, right, right. In part because I was a bartender at the time, and that still got me a lot more pussy. To be honest with you. <laughs> oh, don't you get laid on the road a lot as a comic? No. No, not so much. No. But a bartender is this, this shy of being a rock star. I'm telling you. Yeah. You know, uh, a comedian and a rock star have to, they have to be hunters. They have to close, the, they have to close it out that night. One shot, Boom. I'm not a hunter. I don't have those skills. I certainly don't have the resources to go on safari hunting. Look at my yacht. You know, I don't, 
I'm a trapper. Yeah. I'm the wear you down guy. And that's what a bartender is. A bartender <laughs> is a trapper. He sets up his little box with the stick and the string and he's the cheese. And I worked at the same bar for like 13 years and did just super good business. I never had the gazelle stuffed and mounted on the wall like the hunter, but I kept the belly full of squirrels and rabbits. You know what I'm saying? It, uh, what was the question but again? I was going to say, why, <laughs> yeah, did, you, why just, did you pursue comedy at all? Someone write that shit all? down. I don't know. Someone write that down. I might actually use that. <laughs> that, might, that might work on stage. I don't know. So kind of looking back on your career, um, you know, what, what, what's been... What's been your favorite part of stand-up, the, the work that you do? Uh, I mean, I guess as a, you know, it's a, as a bartender, you are st- you're still the focus. You're, you, you certainly have, you're in charge. You have the booze, and you can tell somebody to get the fuck out. Um, and this is just taking that feeling of being in the middle of everybody all around you and then just boiling it down to its most intense form I mean it's it, comedy such a strange dynamic you show up at, at, a, at a room especially if it's your first time at a club and you don't know anybody and you introduce yourself to the one or two people that you need to shake hands with and then you just sit quietly at the bar no one pays you any attention no one knows who you are no one cares who you are everybody's coming in with their groups of friends and their dates and their families and they're talking to each other and boom boom and no one gives a shit about you then suddenly an hour and a half later everybody in the room knows who you are everybody in the room wants to shake your hand and buy you a drink i mean that's that's a it's an interest it's a great dynamic yeah it's uh it's 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 a way to get that fix without having to empty bus tubs and change kegs i guess um I don't get as much uh, uh, attention from ladies, but you know. Yeah. And then, and then kind of the, the follow-up to that is, I guess it's kind of a similar question in a way, but what are you most proud of, you know, looking back at what you've accomplished in the, in the world of stand-up? What, and, and not necessarily a particular event or anything like that, but just sort of in general, what are you proud of that, you know, has gotten you this far to, to continue to get up on stage? I mean, that's probably the thing anybody who's been doing it over 10 years plus 20 years plus you know number one i don't have anything i didn't win this i didn't go to you know uh, but i've stuck with it and and that's that's the thing to be most proud of is that you know you can go out and eat shit and 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 come back and and do it again The, the, the the willingness and the ability to shake it off to believe in yourself it's like you face painful public trial and error you face painful hundreds of people rejecting you at once and still believe in yourself enough to come back into it tomorrow you know that that's that's something to be proud of yeah that's something where i'm like you know i must believe in myself to some extent (laughs) to keep coming back and then of course there's nothing better than you know having that moment when you have them in the palm of your hand it's not even the laugh isn't even the best moment you know, getting a big laugh coming rolling up over you or getting a big laugh up and then just keep rolling it along with tag, tag, tag is great. But I've found that there's a couple moments in certain bits I have where I pause for a two count, three count. And when that room is dead silent in that moment, that's better than a laugh yeah. because you've got them. They're listening to you. They're, they're, oh, yes, and, you know, and what is it, you know, that moment of silence is better than the laugh. When you've had a group laughing and you get them to just, oh, and listen. Yeah. Oh, 
Um, and it's, uh, you know, I get to... Uh, I get to talk about my penis to strangers and get paid for it. I mean, really, that's, I mean, let's be honest. That's, uh, that's a dream come true, isn't right, it? Right. Now, what is, what, is the, um, what is the creative process for you in terms of coming up with material? Are you a sit down and write no. kind of guy? Or are you, I get up on stage with a word or two rattling around in my head and I'm going to just work it out? I, in all honesty, um, I, I started comedy in Orlando where I was bartending uh, for 20 years and stuff. And uh, this past year, I moved back to Fort Myers. Um, moms get old, and uh, uh, I finally get to be the good son because uh, all the other siblings have a mortgage or a, a kid in school or a career. And I'm like, the I got time. <laughs> I I got a lease and a cat. I'm yeah. the good son all of a sudden. <laughs> Woohoo! So I, I get to I get to so I, but I moved back to Fort Myers, and I'm not bartending uh, anymore. Um, and it's changed. My, I didn't realize how much bartending was my creative process. Yes, I would go to open mics, and yes, you sit, you know, uh, you know, I lived with another comedian buddy of mine, and we had a stage in our living room, and we'd have comics come over, and we'd, we'd, we'd hash it out and stuff uh, there. But the bar was where I would take an idea. The bar is where I would take um, a joke. And, uh, you know, at an open mic, you can work it once. At the bar, I can say it ten times. Yeah. I can say it to the coworkers who know it's a joke. Um, I can say it to some customers who don't know I'm a comic. I just am leading a conversation that way. Yeah. You know, and every now and then they'll say something that'll take my mind in a different direction. Um, so my creative process has changed because I don't have that bar anymore. I'm actually now working, like you said, I'm working stuff out on stage uh, stuff that I would have worked out at the bar. Generally, when I took a new joke to stage, I'd said it at the bar a hundred times. Yeah. I had refined it. It found a nice rhythm. Um, um, but I don't write stuff down. And, when I, and that's fine. Some guys do. Some guys sit down. And they're probably far more prolific than I am. Um, so maybe there's something to that. But I found that when I wrote stuff down, it stayed the way... I wrote it down. Yeah. Then I'm reciting something rather than it organically uh, coming out in a natural way. Yeah. So I don't. I don't. I mean, maybe we'll jot down a word or two, uh, an idea, um, or maybe something. If it's a longer bit, you know, a three four minute bit, maybe a little structure, two or three points that show the structure in my yeah, head. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but no, it's all it's all talk it out. It, it's all talk it out. Man, what a great strategy. That's the first time I've heard that idea of having sort of the day job or the day activity be some social activity mm -hmm. where you can get that, yeah. you know, quote unquote stage time in front of strangers and work stuff out. That's a really smart no, idea. No doubt. I mean, I had bar regulars who knew me. They'd say, hey, right, right, what, right. what have you got today? Yeah. What have you got? And, and, and I had, uh, um, you know, other people who, who didn't know they were a legit you know, two top or four top audience, you yeah, know, yeah. and, and, and you, you could actually gauge, uh, uh, their response. And, uh, uh, you know, when you get to, you can do that while you're making a cosmopolitan and, uh, clearing their plates. And that's a pretty solid. Oh, that's a cool idea, yeah. man. Well, so, John Charles, man, it was a pleasure meeting you. I know absolutely. you're just getting your week, uh, weekend started here at Looney's. Uh, so just one last, uh, last quick, uh, question. What are you looking forward to? What's, uh, either coming up or what activity have you got cooking or, any of that kind of stuff. What, the, what's the future look like? I, I have, uh, uh, I've, been, I've been looking forward to this one for a while. Nice. Because I get to be with my boy, Ron Feingold. 
He's so handsome. Of course, we're in Colorado. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. Is uh, I love being in Colorado. I've been looking forward to this one for a while because nice, I mean nice. I love coming out here uh, for the obvious reasons. You get into the airport and then you Google uh, dispensary closest to the airport, <laughs> and, and you pull into the parking lot and you know you know you're in the right place. Welcome to smells, Colorado. Yes, I love it here. It's outstanding. Excellent. She's like, you got to put it in this little bag, um, you know, because I don't want the cops to. Arrest you they have a lot of undercover cops i'm like maybe i live someplace where everybody's an undercover cop because we're not supposed to have it at all i'm ready for this trust me yeah i'm paranoid no matter what how legal it is i'm still going to be turning my head paranoid as shit every car with a ski rack on the back i'm like is that a cop car oh my god nice yeah no i'm I'm, uh but but uh just working every weekend just doing shows every weekend um um Performing, that's what you know. Clearly, as you can see on the internet, I'm not out, out uh, you know, pushing. I'm, I'm just doing. Right, right. And uh, and when the day comes when I push, I'll, I'll be really good. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> well, John Charles, have a great weekend here yeah. at Loonies, and thank uh, you good so much you. for having me. All right. So there you have it, the very funny Mr. John Charles. My thanks to John for taking time out before his weekend run at Looney's to be on the show. Thank you to Eric and the crew at Looney's Comedy Corner for their continued support. And thank you for listening to In the Springs. You can find the In the Springs podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also follow In the Springs on Twitter at RPL underscore Metajunk. Until next time, I'm Ryan Lowry, and we'll see you again right here in the springs.